Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Chronicles of War. I'm Darren Michael Shaw, the story's author. In this episode, we find ourselves in the aftermath of Chickasaw Bayou, a stunning defeat for Union forces. The Army of the Mississippi had to pick up the pieces fast as plans were immediately underway for an assault on Arkansas Post. That's where we pick up the story today. And now, Chronicles of War. came with the first light that the 4th had made a valiant effort, but had paid a tremendous price. A young lieutenant who called Council Bluffs home reported, We heard trains rolling in all night bringing the rebels reinforcements. We sent our couriers for help. No help came. We carried their first two lines, but then we were halted. Good men and capable officers fell at every discharge. Eventually, Thayer gave the order to fall back. Most of the 4th's wounded were taken to the northernmost landing site to board transports. Job learned that Colonel Williamson had been wounded again. His wounds were not thought to be life-threatening. A few of the soldiers even expected that he might return to the Johnson's plantation landing. The stories of bravery and heroism continued to pour in, stories of men sacrificed. Job wrestled to wrap his mind around them. Here was a unit that had little or no training, like his own, they had spent their initial few months in the rear, away from any engagement, like his own. Now they were the men sent, as William had noted earlier, into the teeth of battle, first at Pease Ridge, and now here at Chickasaw, and they were apparently running out of men. Job thought he saw a pattern, would the 26th be next? About 120 dead or severely wounded, William reported later to Job concerning the men of the 4th Infantry. Williamson was fortunate. He's on a transport. He'll likely be back before too long, though two of his officers were killed. Now the sorting will begin. Was it Sherman's fault? Grant's? How do you run an army of 30,000 men into an army of 10,000 and be so soundly turned back? That's what they'll be asking. A costly day, Joe began in a note home. He had thus far avoided writing with specifics of the war, hoping his words would reassure rather than bring anxiety to his family at home. This time, for the first time, he let on. Many good men from Iowa were lost today. War is hell, it is true. Countrymen, brothers, taking one another's lives over a piece of land or rights to a river or disputes about governance, all of which will pass away. Companies and regiments of good men marched into the teeth of conflict. Job hadn't realized just how that phrase had affected him. Perhaps, my beloved, you should refrain from sharing this letter with the children. Tell them instead that their father has marched upon another glorious marsh. The mud of yet another southern state is upon my boots. Job wrapped his flint in the paper and turned in for the night. The next several days included movements up and down the river and the exploration of several different landings. Officers came and went, and that, of course, meant more expeditions. Job was weary of the word. Thankfully, the 26 were spared this round of pointless undertakings. Being away from civilization left the men writing letters, making melody or small talk, 
much healthier engagements than were offered back at Helena for Job's thinking. He was pressed back into the role of camp minister. A handful of the men were stopping by to ponder eternal things with him. He concluded that it was the recent brush with the realities of battle that had the men of the 26th thinking along spiritual lines. An impromptu prayer service began on Sundays. Job stood and read the Old and the New Testament readings from the Book of Common Prayer. Conversations afterwards were thought-provoking. Both President Lincoln and Jefferson Davis are men of faith. Both believe God is on their side. Whose side is God on? One man asked. Job responded by wondering aloud, Both have likely heard this morning a homily based on the same passage of Scripture we read. So how do you imagine the Word of God struck each one? Things weren't as black and white as they were blue and gray. A week had passed when William caught up with Job again. A new plan was in the work. General McClernand had taken charge of the Army of the Mississippi. He was anxious, William suggested, to demonstrate his competence to those in Washington. Job sensed William's reservation. They're talking Fort Hinman, William said. It will be a few days before Admiral Porter can have all of his gunboats in position. But this will be another maneuver with heavy casualties, Job. Job's mind returned to the parallels. It had been the fourth who were sorely underprepared. It had been the fourth who spent months just outside of conflict. It had been the fourth who eventually were moved to the lead. It had been the fourth who fought so valiantly. It had been the fourth that suffered such heavy loss. Was it now the 26th turn? As if he read Job's mind, William chimed in, I don't think we'll be marching the river's edge this time. As rumors spread through the men that a definitive strike was being planned, there was a noticeable upturn in spirit among them. The younger men were almost giddy with excitement. Not surprisingly, attendance increased at the prayer services. General John A. McClernand had personal ties to President Lincoln. He had risen to command apart from having displayed any real military prowess. He had served briefly in the Black Hawk War and the same regiment as Lincoln some 30 years earlier. He had once organized and commanded a volunteer militia in Illinois. But otherwise, he appeared to have been commissioned a general as more of a political than a military move. Job rode home. I feel a change is in the air. Certainly not a change of climate or season, but a change of fortune. We're ready to embark on a campaign that I believe will be significant. Orders will be handed down soon. Anticipation to learn the role that we will play betrays us. We become a camp of speculation and rumor. This concludes episode 17 of Chronicles of War. Again, I thank you for listening, for either downloading, streaming, or best of all, subscribing to this podcast. It's a privilege for me to share this story with you. Thank you also for continuing to get the word out. Our list of subscribers continues to grow daily. Please stop by my website, www.darrenmichaelshaw.com, where you can learn more about me and others of my writing endeavors. If you do stop by, drop a comment or send me an email. I'd love to make your acquaintance. Until next time, I'm Darren Michael Shaw.
Thanks for listening.